Have you ever felt like the work you were supposed to love is instead sucking your soul and you aren't making the impact you always dreamed of making? If so, you aren't alone. From broke and underemployed to six figures plus, powered only by daydreams and grit, I realized I was burning out and my values of freedom, purpose, and making an impact were taking the backseat to my wallet. I realized that I needed to build my own field guide to awesome from the inside out. So I gave it all up and I traveled the world to rediscover what was most important to me and create a business that filled my pockets, filled my soul, and allowed me to multiply my impact. But the question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our community of experts and share the secrets of success from the inside out. My name is Trina Sarekia, and this is the Field Guide to Awesome. Welcome back to the Field Guide to Awesome, folks. Today, I have a special midweek episode to share with you. I had the opportunity to interview Barry Reeves and a few other thought leaders and experts for the Allies for Racial Justice Summit 2020. We talk about what it means to be an ally, making activism an accessible and active part of our lives, having difficult conversations about race, healing white fragility, and finding grace and building resilience to be the change needed to transform society. The summit is going to be free to access on July 16th. That's next week, folks. Once Barry and I wrapped up the summit interview, which was a little over an hour, we kept talking. You can hear our voices sounding a little tired, but the conversation never flagged. This podcast episode is our conversation after the interview. No matter where you stand on the issues, there is something to learn, even from this small bit of our conversation. I'm so glad I kept the recording going and that I could share it with you. Barry Reeves is the founder of Change Factory Live. He is an organization and training and diversity and inclusion strategist with 25 years experience leading and managing teams, projects, and engagements in government and nonprofit organizations. He is in the people business. He deeply understands that an organization is only as good as the people who make up that organization. His commitment and values are about seeing the people of the organization transformed into the team that can accomplish anything. Barry retired in 2019 after 24 years of military service. From October 2015 until his retirement, he served as Senior Equal Opportunity Advisor for the Department of Defense Diversity and Inclusion Program. In his role, he was charged with developing the strategic direction, implementation, and alignment of the Integrated Global Diversity and Inclusion Initiatives for Soldiers and Civilians. He designed and delivered diversity and inclusion training programs and communication materials globally that supported high-performing teams, inclusive leadership practices, and improved the overall ability of the DOD to attract, develop, and retain a diverse workforce. Barry holds a bachelor's degree in organizational leadership and learning with a concentration in leadership, training, and organizational development. Without further ado, let's hop into the conversation. I think um, I, I like to have more conversations about uh, workplace issues and equity. I love to talk about uh, specifically recruiting practices and, 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 and strategies to help organizations really, um, because one of the things we talk about a lot is that is the barrier. So how do you do a barrier analysis and what does it mean um, to really 
give critical give a critical look of your organization to look for the barriers in retention uh, retention recruiting and 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 and, tra- and developing um and so i'd love to have that this discussion about what organizations can do to really get out to that 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 that, that process and primarily my podcast is for entrepreneurs but i think what um something it's an opportunity that smaller entrepreneurs don't often get is um, the training that larger corporations have access to, whether they use it or not. Um, And and online entrepreneurs who are like building their own legacy, how do they create that from um, like that diversity and inclusion and how do they they start examining their own um, systems? I think they have to, I think if, or if, 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 if small businesses want to grow, so if you start, maybe you got five, you, you're, one of your critical investments is in the development of your staff, mm-hmm. getting them to think about the services that you provide, because if you get them to think about and invest in them to think strategically, critically about the process and the procedural things that you do on a daily basis, they be, because they do it on the daily basis. So they do this all the time. And so you don't think they think, man, we could we could probably do this better, and we could save. I mean, so if you were a pizza pizza maker and your job is pizza, and and, the, and your employee says, you know, we could probably shave about ten minutes off this process if we just do X, Y, and Z. And what that and what that would affect on your bottom line. But what a lot of entrepreneurs don't do is that they don't invest in that 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 staff in a way that creates that builds competency. Um, so that way they can in, to say, you know, we need to get people thinking about. I want you to think about this business in a way that helps me because the better we are profitable, the better I can pay you. And so we need to. Yeah. And so the we, more you develop your staff, the easier it is to scale. It is because now you become, because you know, a lot of, a lot of small businesses go out of business because of their staffing concerns because they can't find the right people who can do the job and have the competency necessary to, to do. So instead of being able to hire I mean, the government is a big, greatest example of, of bloatedness when it comes to staffing. You know, a process that really only takes four people, we got 24 people. Yeah. And so how do you fix those issues? Because you've not really spent any energy in training your staff to be more, more efficient, more effective, and looking at your process and procedures on a regular, ongoing basis to ensure that we can't do something more efficient doesn't mean you're putting people out of job. It just means making them more effective in their job and paying them more um, when they're, when they're making, when they're really helping you bring your bottom line in, which is your profitability. And I think organizations fail in that. And so they yeah. just feel, I mean, recruiting and trying to and hire instead of actually developing their staff in a way that helps them be better. Yep. So we have a lot to talk about and I think we'll continue to have, um, generative and valuable conversations that are valuable to more than just us that are valuable to the community to my listeners to um, people who want to learn more about this so thank you very much for being a thought leader thank you and thank you so much for just giving me the opportunity to share and, and whatnot and like I said I'm I continue to look for seeing how I can connect you with other thought leaders within the black community. Cause I think they have, I think there's so many amazing voices that don't get an opportunity. Um, yep. Cause they're not, they don't have a title in front of them, but they're just amazing in the way they think about these issues and concerns within the black community. And I think they need to be given a voice to, to talk and talk about the solutions and the issues. 
Um, I think young people are, are, are really leading the charge um, when it comes to this, this, this wave. The problem is, is that we in the older generation have not connected with them to help them develop the strategic vision of what needs to happen. There, there is yeah. harnessing that energy in this day and age and putting it into tra real transformational efforts. Getting after, you know, not just beating on politicians, but saying, how many people can we train and, you know, as, you know, in a civic process to understand state, local, and state and local government. And then mm -hmm. creating the advocacy plans to get them more engaged, going out into communities and saying, hey, uh, the budget discussion is happening this week. Are you going? Hey, can you sign up for this board? We, we, want, more we want more individuals on, our, on these boards and commissions regardless besides the mayor's flunkies. We want that, that's what we want. Yeah. I mean, I just found out there's over 600 boards and commissions for the state of Mass. <laughs> yeah. But they don't advertise that. They don't talk about it because they don't want to talk about it. But what, what would happen if we got- Because they're happy with who they have. Yes. God forbid there be a change. Don't rock the boat. We know what we want. And you know, and I don't say that to be mean, but I, th I think it's just the way it's been. And yes. I think Massachusetts is one of the more progressive. It's not a state, it's a commonwealth. Um, it's a commonwealth, but it's the, it's the most, it's the, the bluest racist state that there is. Because yeah. it's, it's like, we won't change, but we don't want that type of change. We, we're comfortable with a look of change, but we don't want certain changes. See, I mean, the, the financial disparity between the minority communities and the communities of, you know, and the, and the, and, and, and the white communities have not changed even though we talk about being a progressive state, those, that, that reality hasn't changed. Yeah. The redlining hasn't changed within the city of Boston, but we're supposed to be a progressive city. Come on, let's, let's, let's talk honestly about what the issues are. Why do we put certain people in, the, in, in positions of influence? Because they have money. Money is the driver. And so as long as yeah. money is the driver and communities of color don't have money, nothing will change. And so it's the CEOs and the business leaders who, 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 make, who make moves, not the communities who, who are being underserved in a way. And if you're expecting your politicians um, and your elected officials to do anything, you don't know the system. Yeah. They can only and I think I'm lucky to know um, to have a large group of friends, acquaintances, community in Massachusetts. And um, I know that they... Um, but they tend to be very active in mm -hmm. advocating for change. Um, and I think it's, it's helpful for, for them to know that they can be hold their leadership to even more accountability. But it's, it's money and political influence, and that's what we need to shape. We, yeah. we need to be a put elected officials. The pressure they feel is to conform because the, that's, you know, they have to get reelected, and it takes money to get reelected. And so guess what? I have to decide between, I want to have a, a politics shouldn't be a career. It should be, it's service. Um, this is why I was, you know, when I was a preacher, I never liked the idea of being paid to preach. Um, you know, I had a job when I was a preacher. It, it may not pay much, but I didn't want to because my job was to serve. My job is to serve the community that I've been assigned to. So if money is the equator that drives my decisions and how I go about things, then when money when money is tossed my way, I have to make a decision. And if my character is not in a place that can say, you know what, regardless of whether I get elected or you know stay in his office, I'm going to make the right decisions. 
And in fact, yeah. I'm not looking to just be long-term. I'm not trying to be a mayor for 25 years. I'm trying to be, you know, I, I ran for a season. I may run for two seasons and then that's it because I'm here to serve the people. I, you know, but, but polit politics has become about, it's about career officials. It's not about making changes in our neighborhoods and some community. So we, we have to do more. Uh, I think the next work for us, honestly, in this, in this, in this, in the, in the, in the same thing with the diversity inclusion is that we got to get more civic, civic minded because how do you hold people accountable if you don't know that, how the system works? I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, when, you know, um, civics, civics class, I remember, um, from a little bit in high school, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, it was just like, Oh, we have civics and you know, how much did that stick? You know, I yes. know more from the, I got a bill from PBS. <laughs> There's only a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting, yeah, that stuff. But that's that the on Capitol Hill. But <clears throat> ask yourself the question, do you know how the state budget process works? And how does these, the governor and the mayor and the local town officials actually, how do they prioritize? Like, how do they create this budget? And do when you see the budget breakdown and the allocations why does the city of boston police department need 414 million that was the budget they asked for 414 million which is almost five times more than the next largest department which is the boston public health five times more that's ridiculous and yet and then the school and then you know what does the school budget get us and how and we pay money and we complain about paying taxes, but we never asked for, and no mayor, no governor has ever passed an act that says, we have to show you our state budget. And before we can approve it through the process that we go for governor, we're gonna get on TV and talk to you about the priorities and what we're spending and be transparent about the numbers. So that way we can have a substantive discussions about what it is that we're gonna spend our money on because we're, we're, we, are, we have a stake in this. They ask for our money, and so if they ask for our money, why don't we why don't we engage the process? Or why, you know, why do I have to beg you to create an oversight committee? No, create the damn oversight committee and you know and get the right people on it. Don't get just your flunkies, get the people that actually to, you know talk about in the city. Um, I, I think civic engagement is the necessary tool that we have to do next, and we have to train um, not just activists. But engage in, in I, I don't want to call them activists, engagement artists. It just needs to be the community. I mean, this is where I live in New Hampshire, but whatever community you live in, this is the community you live in. And mm -hmm. um, I'm on the I'm on the condo board, which is like a really small fry in comparison. But mm -hmm. none of the other it's hard to get any owners to attend the annual meeting where we vote in the budget. Mm. You know, and so basically we had to go to places we needed a certain number of votes to vote out the budget. Yep. Um, because otherwise we, we would never be able to vote on the budget and how do you move forward with that? And so, you know, and this is just such a small microcosm um, version of what the community is to know better, to understand yeah. where your money is going, to be part of that discussion. You know, and right now, you know, it's the, the angriest and the loudest and the nastiest people that get heard when, mm -hmm. you know, 
just like in healthcare, I'm tired and so I'm being very tangential, but in healthcare where um, uh, violence against healthcare workers has mm. almost been condoned for a long time. Right. Um, because you, you can hit a police officer and you will get prosecuted. You can hit somebody else and you will get prosecuted. You hit a healthcare worker and the healthcare worker <clears throat> um, may not get workers' comp. They, um, may, they may be reprimanded yeah. for some reason and whatever happened was their fault and then they lose their jobs. That's crazy to me. And so, you know, when you talk about um, going into healthcare and these people are responsible for your, for your life to take care of you, and, and a crazy person comes in and, you know, how, and the healthcare worker can't defend themselves. Right. Right. Legally. Mm -hmm. You can't hurt them. You know, so. I, so yeah. I think that, I think that's where we need to, like I said, I mean, how do you pass? I mean, if you don't understand how to pass a, a legislation and why certain legislation um, is passed and certain is it because act activism doesn't get you anyway, it's influence. Mm -hmm. You you need to put enough pressure across the across the stage to say we you know why are you voting for this like you know how many people actually sit there and look at the voting record of their of their representative they 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 have disconnected themselves from the process and so then when the process isn't working they get upset about it and they get outraged about it and so then they won't change but unfortunately if you got the change that they wanted is in their ability. I'm very clear, listen, we voted you in and you're gonna be accountable to us. Not through when you want to, but if I call, if I send you an email, damn it, I expect an email back. And I don't want some just, I don't want your staff fucking to respond to me. I want a clear understanding of why you voted for that and what was the priorities, you know, yeah. and, and, and making us accountable. And we need to do that for all of our organizations. All of our organizations need to be, if we invest, if craft or one of these large corporations aren't giving us the kind of accountability that we want to have, damn it, then guess what? We're gonna put we're gonna put some pressure on you financially to make some make some choices and decisions about what you do. That's the only thing that speaks to them. Nothing else yeah. speaks to an organization except for bottom line and money. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you well, and that's what's happening with um, the football. I don't know very much about football. All I know is Colin Kerpaknik is with Nike now and may he stay there um, just because the NFL finally decided to make changes. But they didn't um, really make change because so, so here's no, the thing. It was this all part, word of mouth. It was, it was just um, to appease um, right. the audience. But see the, the practice of, so we can have this discussion long, long term. I, I say it like this the playbook is always there and so we have to be really smart about the playbook and not get caught up in and i say this because i always i always compare it to the dating of the bad boyfriend or girlfriend you confront them with a behavior they in their mind they really don't want to change but they yeah. go through the playbook what's the playbook oh i'm so sorry they'll apologize for their behavior they'll make they'll they'll show great uh you know uh, regret and remorse about it. They'll make statements and declaration statements of how how sorry they are. Beat themselves with you know sack and ash cloth. They'll make a commitment to change, and then you accept them back in. But then what happens is, is that over the course of time, who they are nothing is just has gonna, changed. 
nothing has ever changed. Yeah. And so then and we no, keep, and you know, that's exactly what's going on with the, NFL. you know, that's exactly because guess what? We've never held them accountable for anything and we've allowed them to continue on in the way it was. No, no. So guess what? Um, for a period of time, for about six months, we're just going to have to kind of, we're going to watch you. And so you, the access that you enjoy with me, you don't even get to enjoy that anymore until I observe, yeah. is this a lifelong transformation that I'm, that I'm, that I'm okay with? And and because a lot of times, you know, if we if we we get tired and we don't hold them accountable, so they wait us out, yeah. you know, four months, six months, and then all of a sudden, well, they got well, the you time and money to do that. They do, and, and 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 so we we need to be able to say and sustain with with clarity. We demand these changes, it, it, you know, just so just because we we might vote Joe Biden in, that doesn't change anything. No, 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 Joe. House, Senate, because the House and Senate aren't passing bills for us. The House has not done anything for us. They just they just look for opportunities. So what really changed? Nothing, because we don't hold them accountable. No, 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 no. We want to see every bill you pass, and I want to see why you passed it, and why did this bill? Why did you vote for a two? You know, why did you vote for this this you know this 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 bill here? And why did you you know what did you make this change for? And why this budget and why is the budget like it is? Why are you allowing us to defund certain things? No, no, no. And because and if what, you don't. What uh, monies did you get from lobbyists? Mm -hmm. You talk about, you know, wanting to get money out of politics. Why are you accepting money? Yeah. So yeah. get, get out of, get out of money, close it down. I don't want to see it. Cause if we find out that you're taking money from these packs and everything else, then you're going to get voted out and we mean it. But we, we just don't want to hold our officials accountable. It, think about it. If the Democrats really wanted to fix the issues and they, when they had the majority, vote for uh, a bill that, that, that is, if you have the president, the Senate, and the House, the first thing that should be passing is a balanced budget, not just a, not just a talk, but an actual balanced budget. The second thing should be a, an amendment to get money out of politics completely, bar it completely. No more money in federal politics, because now what happens is that it keeps a, 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 a permanent, you know, uh, political class. So no one can ever expire for politics. Yeah. Third, we're going to make all these substantive changes and stuff like that. Why don't we see those plans? Because guess what? They're not there because they don't really want to do those plans. Right. The Republicans knew exactly what they wanted to do when they voted. When, Pre when Trump got in, they had they just put their 200th. Uh, 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 judge on the bench, two hundred. That shapes the court for the next forty to fifty years. Yeah, not the Democrats don't got no plan. It's just talk, and so we. That's why we need to be more engaged in what we want and put the pressure on them and to, and to get what we want. I want to see your first seven bills you pass in a hundred days. I want to see them all, and I want you to brief and talk about what they are and why you're passing. Yep. But we shall see. So it's going to take um, a long time, yeah. but it'll take less time if we all come together. Yes. Thank you I have. so much. No, thank you. And like I said, I look forward to connecting more and, and doing what I can to help you help you with your with every initiative that you got going. So let me know how I can help. I'm always willing to lend a, lend a hand. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Good night, Barry.
I'm so glad you were able to join me today for this special midweek episode. I invite you to check out the Allies for Racial Justice Summit 2020 on Facebook to find out how to watch live on July 16th. You'll have the opportunity to watch Barry's full interview there. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned for next Monday's episode where we talk again with Tammy Dunnett. Tammy is a workplace bullying survivor and is using her experience and knowledge to help others conquer conflict. She provides free resources on her Facebook page and offers small group masterclasses. Don't miss it, folks. Hey, thanks for listening. I truly hope you got something out of this episode that you can immediately implement in your life or business. If so, one of the easiest ways you can help me and multiply your impact is to please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and help me reach other heart-centered and socially conscious entrepreneurs like you. As a special thank you, when you leave your rating and review, you'll win a 15-minute free consultation meeting with me to talk specifically about your business. Just send me an email with an image or a screenshot of your rating and we'll schedule the time. Thanks again and be awesome.